touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. I'm going to call on your help. I'm going to call on your patience for just a couple of minutes as we open up the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. So for those of you who aren't in the loop, maybe you live outside lacrosse or you just don't care, and uh, why would you, about the schedule for uh, for UWL, right? So we just finished up our final uh, couple days of finals. Actually, the last day was on Wednesday. Got a couple of things done. Took my last couple exams. And I am tired. And since Wednesday, I haven't done a whole hell of a lot of anything. Been on the couch, been watching Netflix, I've been recovering, I've been keeping up to date on sports, watching the games, reading, doing all that stuff, but today, today I woke up, I woke up today, and I said, well, what am I going to do? I, I made some coffee, I made a sandwich for breakfast, and I laid down on the couch, and I started watching, uh, I don't binge watch a lot of TV shows on Netflix, but I've started watching Ozark, and I think because I never watch shows on Netflix, when I get sucked in, it hits me hard. I didn't move today. I was on the couch, laptop in hand watching Netflix, and maybe it was for the best because I had a lot of research to do today. I'd like to think that I'm well-versed, and I hope that you get that impression as well, right? That I'm well-versed on the Packers or the Brewers or, or whatever sports teams we have going on in the state, Badgers basketball, football, Bucks. One thing that I struggle with, and I, I need to read a lot, which is probably a good thing, I need to read a lot, I need to talk to people, is when it comes to recruiting, right? How is Wisconsin recruiting? Where are they recruiting from? The the commitments versus the signings and the offers. It's a very complicated world, right? And that's why when we talk about recruiting, I often have somebody from our sister station, The Zone in Madison, who's a lot more familiar with the team, is in there and, and is a part of the day-to-day operations of maybe what Wisconsin does, both on the basketball side and the football side. Yesterday was early National Signing Day for Wisconsin. And uh, for those of you who follow the Badgers at any level, probably heard a lot of talk about this 2019 recruiting class. And because we have been so down, so negative on Badgers football all season long, and I think rightfully so, we're going to talk about something a little more positive today. A little bit more positive regarding this Badgers team, and it is the future. The 2019 recruiting class, which is shaping up to be one of their best ever. And that's what I wanted to get rolling to start the Wisco Sports Show today. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll get to plenty of other talk today as well, including 5.30. I hope to connect with and talk to a uh, one Radio Joe Zenzola, executive producer of The Bill Michaels Show. I think we're going to be able to catch up with him. He's got a busy evening plan, so I'll keep you up to date. If we don't end up being able to talk to Joe, that's just fine. We'll keep the Packers conversation going anyway. 608-796-2558. We can also get your thoughts and opinions on the five-star telecom talk and text line as well. So maybe talking to Joe. I hope to get connected with Joe at 530. If not, no worries. We'll talk to you, and we'll keep the Packers chatter rolling anyways. Right now, I do want to talk about this recruiting class, and it's something that I had to do a lot of research on today. And luckily, I wasn't feeling... <laughs> Wasn't feeling like getting up and doing a whole lot of anything. So that's what I did. Did a lot of reading uh, and did a lot of research on a couple of these players. And obviously, recruiting classes are fairly large. It's not just a small handful of players. But for the sake of time and simplicity, I want to go over just a couple of players, their positions, their situation that jumped off the map, and maybe why they will be such instrumental pieces of this Badgers team moving forward. So let's get right into that, shall we? So early National Signing Day was yesterday for the Badgers 2019 class. Uh, their number one player, I know all the talk has been about some of the offensive skill position players that they've been in, in cahoots with, but probably their best player that they've recruited, best player available uh, positions uh, non-regarded, would be Logan Brown, the offensive tackle. The first five-star recruit the Badgers have landed in 12 years. In 12 years, five-star tackle 
Logan Brown, and I was watching some highlights, and naturally it's it's huddle film. You know, it's it's a specifically tailored highlight reel to make this player look good. All right, I'm not watching extensive game film. That means this is a big boy. All right, and I know we we get this this impression of this Badgers offensive line, homegrown talent. I mean, they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated being called the best fed offensive line. This dude's just a freak. All right, the Badgers aren't going to have to grow him, not going to have to groom him. This dude's ready to play uh, in that five-star rating, I think. Probably does a pretty good job of, of summing that up, right? The first one that the Badgers have had in nearly 12 years, which is pretty cool and pretty exciting. Especially seeing uh, that I, I would imagine left tackle, five-star left tackle Logan Brown, will be protecting the blind side of one Graham Mertz, the four-star quarterback from Kansas, who has been the talk of the town for, it feels like, months now. And if you follow Graham Mertz on Twitter, I, I do. I try not to follow too many, uh, I don't know, high school recruits. That's Like I said, that's not my job. There's people in Madison who have their finger on that pulse, whether it's Evan Flood with 24-7 Sports or Zach Heilprin, who's obviously on top of that as well. I focus a little bit more on... Uh, on the professional side. I can't get caught up in following high schoolers. I'd get too confused. But I do follow Graham Mertz, seeing some of the conversations, some of the narrative that he's pushed on his social media account regarding his excitement in coming to Madison. And it's pretty cool, and I think it's pretty exciting. Four-star recruit, and uh, both Logan Brown and Graham Mertz, two of the players at the top of this class, both ranked in the top 150 overall. Not just their position, but overall, two of the best 150 players in the country, which is pretty cool. That's all done by 24-7 Sports. Uh, going down the list, uh, they also have a four-star Offensive tackle Joe Tipman. So they have two tackles, one five-star, one four-star, Logan Brown and Joe Tipman, uh, that you really feel is going to supplement this offensive line. And to be honest, even those who aren't, myself included, who aren't experts on the X's and O's of the football game, scheme and packages and what have you. I mean, I can I can look at formations and look at that kind of stuff, but I've never played football. I've never coached football at the level that any of these coaches or players have. But I think it's a pretty easy decision. If you're an offensive lineman, especially one at a high level, a five- or a four-star recruit, as Tipman and Brown both are, I think Madison and, and Wisconsin makes a whole lot of sense. You just have to look at the track record of offensive linemen that they've put into the NFL, and I think it becomes pretty clear. Right? Travis Frederick, Rob Havenstein, Ryan Ramchick now, who's turned himself into one of the best tackles in football, what feels like overnight down in New Orleans. I mean, they just turn out good linemen, and they put them through the draft. So I think it's a pretty easy decision to make. If you are uh, a lineman with the... Goal of getting to the NFL. Five-star and four-star, both in Brown and Tipman. Moving down the line just a little bit, a defensive tackle, Rodas Johnson. He's a three-star. And uh, to be honest, and I talked to Zach Heilprin a couple of weeks ago on this very show about the situation on the defensive line, I think they were a product of a little bit of a brain drain, or I guess more so a talent brain, not just with guys like Chikwe Obasi, and then before that, uh, you know, players who were bigger-name players who went to the draft. I think there was a big drain of talent off that defensive line last year that wasn't NFL-caliber players or not draft-caliber players. So as they graduated, I don't think we paid a lot of attention. Guys like Connor Sheehy and Garrett Dooley. Players of that caliber. And that offensive line was really deep. And bringing in another three-star recruit to that defensive line in Rodas Johnson, I think, goes a long way in maybe not rebuilding, but more so maintaining a unit that not only has dealt with injuries this year, but has lost some really, really good players in the past. Not necessarily to the draft, at least in high drafting positions, but certainly guys uh, who have gone on as undrafted free agents to sign on practice squads and and stuff like that. Uh, Linebacker Spencer Spencer Lytle, I've read a lot about him, and a lot of good things are being said. He's a three-star, and tight end Hayden Rucci, a three-star as well. Not just a flashy pass catcher uh, in taking time to watch some highlights, but a guy who loves to block. And just think of the flexibility and the versatility that a really, really good blocking, pass-catching tight end will add to this Wisconsin offense. Because now when you put a guy 
uh, like they had in Troy Fumagalli a couple of years ago, who, yes, he could catch passes, but was also a tremendous blocker, and you can line him up in line as opposed to split out and trust him in the run-blocking game. Now, all of a sudden, Joe Rudolph and the rest of that offensive coordination staff has options to keep Rucci, a guy like Rucci or Fumagalli a couple of years ago, keep him in line and use him as a blocker, or send him out and then swing one of your guards or your tackles and swing them out and make them part of a play in a different way. It gives you a lot of choices, a lot of versatility on that offensive line. And I think Wisconsin always seems to have good tight ends, but I think this year they they do really feel the loss of Troy Fumagalli. I know Joe Ferguson was a good player here and there, and he made plays at times, but one stable guy who can make plays, who can block and get out uh, maybe up the seam or out on the perimeter as well. And I think Hayden Rucci, that's probably his goal. And it adds a lot of versatility and a lot of capability to that offensive line unit as a whole. Because let's face it, a tight end lining up in line is essentially an extended member of that offensive line unit. And when you have the blocking and the pass catching capabilities, he really opens a lot of doors on offense. And I think Hayden Rucci is going to be a part of that coming up. This 2019 class, really impressive. Uh, one five-star, a handful of fours, and a handful of threes. And a couple of players within the 100, uh, the top 150 recruits from this class is pretty, pretty cool. Really good 2019 class. So if you are stuck up into the negativity, and those of you who've seen also that Hornibrook's not going to start in the pinstripe bowl, it's going to be Jack Cohen, as Hornibrook is now seeing a specialist to try to go get over this concussion problem. After, on top of that, a pretty disappointing year from Hornibrook and everyone else included on that Badgers squad. Need a little uh, need a little optimism for the future. And I think this 2019 draft class, or I should say recruiting class, not draft class, is going to provide just that. So we'll continue to follow this story. Maybe uh, hook up with one of our, our sister station employees and broadcasters over at The Zone in Madison as, as we get closer to the Pinstripe Bowl and we can talk more about this 2019 recruiting class uh, as the year rolls on. Coming up next, I want to talk about a big Bucks win last night. We haven't got an opportunity to talk Bucks this week. Uh, and a, a funny storyline coming out from after the game, including Giannis, the Bucks' top player, and Anthony Davis, the Pelicans' top player. An interesting conversation going on in the hallway after the game, and I want to share that with you. We also got to talk to Dave and Scrady, who are hanging out as well throughout the hour. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Hopefully, we get connected with Radio Joe coming up at 5.30. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show to come. I am your host, Grant Bills. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a good night. And before we get into talking about some Bucks basketball, while that highlight is still fresh in my mind, I love listening to Ted Davis and hearing Bucks action here on WKTY. Of course, you can hear every game right where you're listening right now. But I love Jim. The following is a test of the West Wisconsin area emergency alert system. Not that hard. Well, I do want to talk a little bit about basketball and their gritty win last night. And there's a couple different wheels spinning regarding a win. There are 82 NBA games. So talking about every single one of them uh, could get a little bit laborious, a little bit uh, tough and a little bit extensive. But last night's game, and we, we haven't had an opportunity to really dig into uh, a little bit of Bucks talk this week here on my show on WKTY. But I will say one thing. Last night's game stuck out to me because the last two years you can look at this team uh, in a vacuum, both in last year and this year. Now, new coaching, a new regime last year under Jason Kidd and Joe Prunty the second half of the year, but let's be honest, an extension of 
Jason Kidd, much like I think now Joe Philbin is an extension of Mike McCarthy. Take or leave a small difference here or there. Now, this year, a completely new regime, completely new head coaching staff, new system, new everything. Uh, this is a game the Bucks won last night, 123 to 115. I don't believe the Bucks would have won this game last year under Jason Kidd. This just wasn't the kind of game that I think they would have won. They fell behind uh, the, last year. Well, to put this in perspective, uh, they played the Bucks. Uh, they played the Pelicans, I should say. Last year, had about a, a 15 to 20 point lead in the second half, blew it. It was a Sunday afternoon game. I remember it like it was yesterday because I was that triggered after the game. And it, and it was an interesting, an interesting situation. It's something that the Bucks were kind of known for last year, not only starting slow, starting sluggish, but then coming around and, and blowing leads that they had come up with in the second half. At some point in the third quarter, about halfway through the third quarter, the Bucks trailed 74 to 80, uh, 75 to 80, trailed by five to six points for a good portion of the midsection of the third quarter. And I was like, here we go again. Because I had seen the script. I had seen this before. And to see the Bucks come from behind, retake that lead, and then go on to win in the fourth quarter against Anthony Davis and a Pelicans team that actually played really well last night and got some contributions from their role players was a feel-good win and made you feel a little bit better about the Bucks moving forward. They're 21-9. and They still have yet to lose their 10th game, knock on wood. Now, I know they started 7-0 and and they started hot and they have kind of trailed off. It's an 82-game season. I'm of the belief that the Bucks have beat some really good teams, including the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. The Raptors, twice, who everybody is convinced is now the best team in the NBA for some reason, and they very well could be. I'm not here to complain that my team isn't getting national recognition because that's a horse that's been beat to death by every Wisconsin sports radio station ever. What I will say is, it's. I think it's time to put them in the conversation, and I think it's fair for Bucks fans to... To start to not hedge your expectations, but maybe grow your expectations a little bit. That this Bucks team can can come from behind on a what may feel like a menial out of conference matchup on a Wednesday night to come from behind at the Pfizer form and win one twenty three to one fifteen. Now the the Pelicans, for those who maybe don't closely follow the NBA, maybe trying to get into it as I've advocated and pleaded many times on the show, we all know about Anthony Davis, and he had twenty seven points last night, but they also got twenty five points from Drew Holiday. They got 17 points from Jaleel Okafor, and they got 20. I'm looking at the box score right now. They got 20 from D. Miller. Now, I'm not looking. I don't even remember what D. Miller's first name is. That's how disconnected I am from their roster outside of Anthony Davis. He added 20 points. And if you were to show me that half of the box score before the game last night, I said, yeah, that's probably not a game the Bucs are going to win, even at home. Well, they responded well. Giannis with 25, 8, and 8. He added two steals as well and a block. Pretty all-around performance. Chris Middleton continues to kind of lag. Only 14 points. Brooke Lopez had 10. Malcolm Brogdon had a great night with 16. And his counterpart, Eric Bledsoe, with 9. But the big flash last night, and if you are a Bucks follower at a close level, you'll think it's hilarious because DJ Wilson has been the laughing stock of Bucks Twitter and Bucks Media the last two years since he was drafted. Because we've all chalked it up to just a horrible draft pick by a first year at the time, John Horst, general manager. What I will say is that I don't know if it's Budenholzer. I don't know if it's just because he's starting to come of age and finding his way in the league. I don't know. Or maybe it's just an anomaly and and we should sit back and enjoy it before it's over. But last night, DJ Wilson, 9 points, 10 rebounds in 24 minutes. He saw as many minutes as Eric Bledsoe last night, to put that into perspective, and was a big part of that closing effort down the stretch in the fourth quarter. So maybe... Maybe we got to start being nice to DJ Wilson. I got to ask Dave about that because I know Dave, in our entire building, not just here on WKTY, might be one of the other uh, small handful of Bucks fans uh, that works in this building. And I got to ask Dave, our, our schedules very rarely coincide. As, as I said to start the show today, I was on the couch all day. Our, my, my semester wrapped up yesterday and I was exhausted. I took the day off today. I sat on the couch, watched Netflix, and was on my computer. 
And I, I'm not really, and compare that to Dave, who gets up at 2.45 in the morning to do all of his uh, his highlight packages and his voiceovers and then rolls into work at, I don't know, 4 o'clock, does a morning show and leaves at about 11. Jeez, if I'm awake and out of bed before 11, it's a lucky day. Uh, but I do have to get around to talking to Dave about that and DJ Wilson. Maybe that's a segment coming up here on the Wisco Sports Show. If Dave would be so lucky as to donate us a little bit of his time. Another storyline last night, and I thought this was fascinating um, and, and funny. The big storyline right now in the NBA, in an, on a national scale, right? On a national scale, not just... Relating to the Milwaukee Bucks is, is the Los Angeles Lakers, obviously LeBron's team, and and what kind of superstar level player they're going to pair with him, whether it's in Kawhi Leonard in free agency at the end of this year, or they package some players for a trade for a guy like Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker, or now Anthony Davis is the hot name as well. And on one hand, this is really frustrating for me, and possibly you Bucks fans and NBA fans who are probably listening either from Minnesota, Wisconsin, or possibly down in Iowa as well. Uh, not streaming anywhere else in the country at WK2iSports.com or on our mobile app, or maybe you are. But if you're not a Los Angeles fan or a Boston fan, I think is another good example. I get a little tired of, well, who are they going to trade for? Who are they going to get? It's just, they're not owed anything. We act like they deserve to just get players. They're not good enough, so who are they going to get? Who's going to come in free agency, or who is going to package up a trade to send a superstar to them? And it frustrates me. I was talking to one of my friends this morning about this whole, where's Anthony Davis going to be traded to? When is he going to be traded for by another team? Or is when is Kemba Walker finally going to be traded out of Charlotte? Or Bradley Beal finally going to be rescued from Washington? I'm of the belief that I think these good players should stick it out. And I know I'm, I sound probably like a nerd and like a small-town fan saying that. I want Anthony Davis to try to build something right there in, uh, in New Orleans. I want Giannis to try to build something in Milwaukee. I want Bradley Beal and Kemba Walker to try to build their teams around them. I hate the fact that just because Anthony Davis only now has about two years left on his contract and it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to leave that New Orleans just has to trade him or they're going to lose him for nothing. That just bothers me. But last night, Giannis making a little bit of a pitch uh, in the hallway after the game to Anthony Davis saying, come to Milwaukee. The quote exactly was, come to, come to the Bucks, man. Come to the Bucks." And both were laughing as they embraced in the hallway uh, after the game. And I thought that was pretty cool. We never talk about the small market teams you know, pitching free agents, pitching a guy like Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis will not be a free agent until 2020. The thing is, because he sits on a small market team, and I know the NBA has a salary cap, so money isn't the issue, but there's this foregone conclusion that no superstar caliber player wants to play in a town like New Orleans or Milwaukee or Charlotte or Washington. They want to be in L.A. They want to be in Boston or Golden State, right? or maybe in Phoenix or Denver. Bigger markets, more entertaining cities, because the season is so long and you have more time to have fun. Football's a little bit different. Obviously, you're working every day and you're traveling on the weekends. The season's a lot shorter. The NBA, there's this foregone conclusion that why would a free agent ever want to re-sign in New Orleans? Why would anybody ever even think about taking their free agent talent to Milwaukee? It's absurd. Can we? I want to change that narrative. And obviously, I'm only one guy, and I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan, so I'm probably a little bit biased and... That take would probably be lost on fans of larger market teams, such as the Lakers or maybe the uh, the Celtics. Just something to keep in mind. Giannis uh, making his pitch to Anthony Davis, who might be the most similar player to Giannis, I think, in the NBA, just because of his size and strength and skill set. Better shooting, better ball handling uh, than most other players at that size. Size of a center, handles like a point guard. Uh, Giannis doesn't shoot quite as well as Anthony Davis. Neither are tremendous shooters, but... Both have incredible skill for their size and their position that they play. A story to watch, if if nothing more than just a feel-good blurb from last night's win, which is a win, like I said when we started the segment, that I don't think the Bucks would have gotten last year, which makes it, I think, all the more uh, encouraging 
and uh, well, and just enjoyable for Bucks fans knowing that their team is making progress. I think especially under Budenholzer as a new head coach. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. You got a call or a text regarding the Bucks? I'd love to hear it. Uh, we're also going to dip into Packers talk now. I have heard from Radio Joe. We can. Sigh, a sigh of relief. We're going to talk to him coming up here in a couple of minutes about the Packers. Now, if you were listening to Bill's show today, of which Joe produces and co-hosts, they had their Festivus show. For Seinfeld fans, you know that uh, Festivus comes with the airing of the grievances and the feats of strength. Although, i got to ask him about that because I don't know if they... Do they do feats of strength on the Bill Michaels show? Bill's a little bit larger in stature than Radio Joe, so I don't know how that would go down. Uh, just one of many things I hope to dip into when we talk to Joe coming up here in a couple of minutes. We also got to talk to Dave and Scrady because they just can't keep themselves off the WKTY airwaves. So we'll get to all of that before we return to the Wisco Sports Show here in a few minutes. I am your host, Grant Bills. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY, both at 96.7 FM and 580 AM. Don't forget, you can also stream WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app, which if you haven't downloaded already, go do it. Get with the times. Download our mobile app on uh, either your Google Store, your your Apple iPhone Store, I don't know. Available everywhere. Slick app, and you should be using it. Um, Now, we do get to be joined by... Uh, the executive producer of the Bill Michael Show, Radio Joe Zenzola, does a lot of work down there at the fan. And I wanted to talk to you today, Joe. I heard you had your festivist show earlier today. What's going on, man? What's up, Grant? How you doing? I- I'm doing great. One thing that I have to ask you before I forget, so I know you did your airing of the grievances this morning and all that stuff, but also coming with Festivus has to be the feats of strength. Did you wrestle uh, one Bill Michaels this morning or not? Uh, no, there was no wrestling. Uh, no one got hurt. <laughs> Um, you, you know, that's the one thing that we keep missing on that show every year is the feats of strength. And is there some kind of on-air bit that we could do that would be kind of like the feats of strength? I, I just, I don't, I'm trying to, sure. ever, you know, because that's best of it. That, you've, got, you've got to have the feats of strength, but I don't really know how we can do that as like an on-air bit. You know, you can't really capture two guys arm wrestling or... <laughs> Or something of the sort on the radio. No one can see that. So that if you've got any ideas, you get back to me on that. But we had the aluminum pole in there today. I saw it that. It was a fine touch, and it was it was all good. I can just imagine Festivus not ending in two until you have to pin Bill Michaels over the desk of the studio. And I just I I I, I don't it's see impossible. that happening. Yeah, I, and nothing against you, Joe. Bill's a big dude. Bill's a big, strong dude. I don't see it happening. Uh, but but I do want to talk Packers today. One of the things that I wanted to ask you most of all, because you're down in Milwaukee, obviously closer to Chicago, uh, we're closer to Minnesota, and, and I talk enough and complain enough about the Vikings fans. What's the dynamic been like? Uh, I, I heard the chance on Sunday as the Packers were eliminated by the Bears, but what's the Bears-Packers rivalry dynamic been down there because you're a lot closer to the, the city of Chicago than we are? Yeah, I mean, I was I was at Soldier Field. I covered the game on Sunday. Um, you know, the Bears are Bears fans are very loud and proud right now, and I think I think they deserve to be that way. I mean, the the Bears have been able to turn their season around with the snap of a finger. Khalil Mack kind of put them over the top, but I think the rivalry is back at a peak that we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, you know, the last big game that I could remember in this rivalry was the NFC Championship in 2010, which got the Packers to the Super Bowl that year. And, I, I mean, there, there's been some dramatic moments since. 
you know, when Aaron Rodgers came back with the, the big touchdown pass to Randall Cobb, you know, a few years ago, that was a pretty big moment. But, yeah, you know, th- th- that game on Sunday was really like this, like, crossing situation where were we going to see the changing of the guard in the NFC North? Were the Bears this legitimate? Are the Packers really this bad? And, you know, the Packers put up a fight for what it was worth, but it, right now this is the Bears division. And, you know, could we see the Packers overtake it next year? Well, that's a whole other conversation, but um, right now the rivalry itself between these two teams is very legitimate again, and it is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I it is exciting. Just when we thought we finally bested the Cubs and, and ended that horrible dynamic that we have to deal with the Bears fans. One of my best friends here is a Bears fan. And to be honest, I, I was happy for him. He was crying tears of joy. A 21-year-old man crying tears of joy on Sunday. And it was hard for me to hate on that. But I don't have to live close to Chicago. So that's something I don't have to deal with. Um, Joe, part of that game on Sunday was was Aaron Rodgers. And he didn't play miserably bad. Uh, but he was rather pedestrian. And I think... a. Uh, an above-average performance from number 12 probably would have won them the game or put them a lot closer on Sunday. I'm going to be honest. I think our listeners here, especially the ones that call and text in, do a pretty good job of being honest and not being Aaron Rodgers apologists. Do you get that dynamic uh, down in Milwaukee? I know you have a statewide network, obviously, but from the people that you've heard from, uh, were they airing grievances toward Aaron Rodgers this morning, or is that a problem that everybody seems to ignore, that Aaron Rodgers can't be criticized? Like this debate's been going on now for a while, and with the statewide network that we have, you know our reach is going to be much bigger, which means we're going to hear from a lot more Packer fans. And believe me, there are people out there. There's probably people listening to this show right now in Lacrosse that feel like Aaron Rodgers should deserve no blame whatsoever, and that it's everything else around him. It's the coaches, it's the young rookie wide receivers, it's all of it. It's a bad offensive line that Aaron Rodgers, you cannot criticize this man. And if that's your opinion, you're entitled to it, but I just can't agree with it. Aaron Rodgers deserves part of the blame. Not all the blame, but when we're talking about a guy that's now making a lot more money, $130 plus million, that he's probably going to be a Packer for life now, his standard should always be, every year, MVP. Now, if he really is this banged up and he's got, I mean, he's got a groin injury, he's got the knee, you know, we don't know if the collarbone is fully healed. I wish someone in Green Bay would ask him about that. Um, You know, I I still expect Aaron Rodgers to always play at an elite level. And when it came down to that game against the Bears on Sunday, yes, there were situations where you could look directly at Aaron Rodgers and say, that throw was his fault. For example... The deep ball to MDF. Marcus Veldes Scantling had Kyle Fuller beat by a mile. Fuller gave him some cushion when they were certain, and MVS blew right by him. Rodgers, when you look at the pressure, he was in the pocket. No one was in his face, and he he saw MVS hold away, launches that ball, and misses him by a mile. The Aaron Rodgers I know hits him. There was another situation where Aaron Rodgers is scrambling out of the pocket. Randall Cobb is going on a crossing pattern, and he's got space. The safety's way up. There's a defensive back that's well underneath him. He's got space, and Aaron Rodgers misses Cobb by a mile. The Aaron Rodgers, I know, makes that throw. Now, again, that game, you cannot just point the finger at Aaron Rodgers and say it was strictly his fault. But when you talk about so much on the line, you talk about 
optimistic Packer fans that feel like they can beat this Bears team at Soldier Field because the Packers have done it so many times before with that 8-0 mark. Aaron Rodgers has to come up and make some big plays, and it costs them. And, and that's where you are right now. But, I mean, I, I think fans all over the state, there are some fans that think it's all on Rodgers, that some feel like it's not on Rodgers at all, and then I think there's a good majority that feel like Rodgers deserves part of that blame. I, I would definitely agree with you there. I think the criticism of Rodgers on this station has actually been pretty accurate, and that makes me pretty happy. we got some good listeners here on WKTY. Joe Zola, executive producer of The Bill Michael Show. You hear him on this station every day, 11 to 2, right after Dan Patrick and, of course, Dave and Scrady in the morning. Joe, i got to ask you because I, I just have a feeling you have an opinion on this, on whether or not Aaron Rodgers should play these final two weeks. Everything we've heard from him and from Joe Philbin, it sounds like he's going to play. I'm still waiting for some extended hand of from somebody in this Packers front office to say, no, we're going to sit you because of some injury, maybe this new groin injury. Do you think he actually plays these final two weeks? And if so, do you agree with it? No, I, I don't agree with it. Um, you know, it, Yeah, I think he is going to play, and he's been a full participant so far this week in practice. He's made it perfectly clear he wants to play. He feels like, you know, that's his duty as a leader, and that's fine, and I respect that. But we have to understand here there's a bigger picture. And God forbid anything happens to Aaron Rodgers these last two weeks. You know, yeah, he's a full participant in practice, but he's not 100%. Do we really want to risk it? Do we really want to put Aaron Rodgers out there with a banged-up offensive line as it already is? And I don't even know what they're going to do about the right side. I don't know if Blog is going to play or not. I know Spriggs is dealing with a concussion. So there's a lot of questions there. I just don't... Why take that chance at this point? The season is over. When you have all this money invested into a quarterback like this, maybe you do have to, you know, put your foot down if you're Mark Mark Murphy and Brian Goodkins and say, you know what, Aaron, let's just get you all rest up. This is no disrespect to you, but we we, we want to look at Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, I mean, you can you can play it you can play it a couple different ways. You can you know, Rogers might be upset about it. But you can make the excuse that we want to get a look at Deshaun Kaiser. Or you're hurt and we don't want to put you out there. Please understand where we're coming from. You can handle it a certain way. So I just just want Aaron Rodgers protected because I don't want him to take another violent hit and all of a sudden now we have to start pondering if this injury is severe enough, is he going to even be able to play week one of next year? I mean, we don't know. I don't want to go down that path. I really don't. Last season, you tell me the difference. They bring him back for that Carolina game because there was something to play for and their playoff hopes were on the ropes. Rodgers didn't look good in that game because the collarbone was still a little off and his his throws were off. So what did they do? They benched him for the final two games because they didn't want to risk it anymore. And those two games were just as meaningless as these two games. Now, Maybe Rogers is probably a little bit more hurt than than where he is now, but is there really that much of a difference? I, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I'm not going to be able to agree with everyone on this because every there's you know I feel bad for Packer fans. Yeah. that have tickets to go to this game in New York because they've had it planned out on their calendars for a long time, or the Packer fans that want to go see their final home game at Lambeau Field Week 17 against Detroit. And now all of a sudden they're hearing that Aaron Rodgers may not play, so now they're spending hundreds of dollars to see Deshaun Kaiser. Those are the people I feel sorry for, and it's not fair to them. 
But again, big picture, protect the investment. Don't take any more chances here. And I just don't feel like you should be playing these two games. I really don't. I, I, and I figured that would be your take from everything that I've heard. You are probably the most realistic, if not borderline pessimistic, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying that as a negative, but I, I think that's just your perspective typically on Wisconsin sports. Joe, we got to run. I appreciate it as always. It's always good to be able to talk to you. And uh, if you do figure out something for the feats of strength and you do get an idea on how to participate without actually wrestling Bill Michaels, let me know and I will tune in. I, I will watch. I will listen. Whatever. That's just something I want to see. So let me know. Well, I got another year to think about it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what I come up with. Next time I come on, Grant, we'll talk some bucks or something. Heck yeah, you just I'm, missed I'm, a... I am so done talking about the Packers. I really am. I I'm, am. I'm just done with it. I am too. I led with Badgers today because I just, at this point, it's the same story with the Packers. I know we got to keep talking about them. It's in the middle of the season, but I think we have a lot more exciting things going on in our state right now. That's for sure. Certainly. Thanks, Joe. Again, talk to you soon, I'm sure. All right, Grant. Thank you. Yeah, Joe, you have a good one. He joins us on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. Joe Zanzola, executive producer of the Bill Michaels Show, which, like I said, you can hear every day right here, 11 to 2. They did have their Festivus uh, show earlier this morning. I am a Seinfeld fan. I'm 20 years old. I got UWL. I love me some Seinfeld, and I don't know if it would make for good radio. I don't know if it would even be doable, but watching Joe Zanzola wrestle Bill Michaels uh, would be fantastic, and I would love to see that. It would be like me wrestling Scrady. You just know how it's going to end. We know what it's going to look like. We know what it's going to sound like. And we know how it's going to end. Uh, and speaking of ending, we are going to have to take a quick break and come back to end the Wisco Sports Show. We got some texts on the Five Star Telecom talking text line. I promise we'll get to those right when we come back. One more segment on the way. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for listening here on WKTY. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Hope you're all having a good evening. Uh, and thanks one last time to Joe Zanzola, Radio Joe, the executive producer of the Bill Michaels Show. Statewide Network, you can hear him every day here on WKTY. 11 to 2, you can catch him and Bill Michaels, of course. Festivus Show has passed. And yes, Grady, if you want to wrestle me anytime, I, I know how it would end. It would be hilarious to watch. I know how that would end. Uh, and I do not think I'm coming out of that match uh, victorious. I just want to say that right now. Leotard or no Leotard. 608-796-2558. The five-star telecom talk and text line is open. Got a couple chiming in. Tomadan says it's not about the risk or the money in my eyes. It's about let's see what our backup can do. Rogers needs to understand it's not all about him. Dan, and that's an interesting perspective um, that John brought up yesterday. It's not about protecting Aaron Rodgers. It's about we need to get our backup into Sean Kaiser a little bit of experience and some run just in case next year he has to stand in. Maybe Rodgers takes a fall from Akeem Hicks or uh, or against a, a big Sheldon Richardson or, or an Anthony Barr type player. Not uh, Maybe not Anthony Barr. Maybe that's a bad example. But he's injured and he needs to miss a game next year. You'd feel a lot more comfortable with Deshaun Kaiser knowing that maybe he got a start or two to wrap up this season. So I think that's a perspective we need to look uh, at as well. And, and Toma Dan, I want to continue this conversation. JB says, Grant, what did you think of the Central boys and the Aquinas girls on Tuesday night? JB, I was there for both games. Central and Aquinas are two of the better teams that I have seen in my lifetime uh, in terms of high school sports. I've been calling high school games uh, for about four or five years now, which is about a quarter of my life. So it's, sorry, that's all I can offer. But two really impressive teams, 
really well coached, and they both have two really good players leading the way in Lexi Donarski and uh, Johnny Davis. We talked about it a lot yesterday, uh, yesterday, JB, on the Wisco Sports Show from about 5.30 to 6 o'clock. And I'll give you a little cheat code. If you go to WKTYsports.com and click on the podcast section, click Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills, that show's right there. You can go back and listen to that. We had Drew Kelly on, who's the play-by-play voice of both of those games, uh, to break down a lot of what we saw on Tuesday night between those two really dominant teams. So if you want some extended conversation, if you weren't tuning in yesterday, I'm assuming because you're asking, you weren't, JB. So you can go ahead and find it there. Two really good teams, and I'm excited to hopefully watch uh, those two teams for the rest of the year and and to come as well. A lot of good young players on those teams as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, not a young player. This is a soundbite yesterday. I shared this uh, yesterday, but I wanted to share it again today because I think it's a really good example of Aaron Rodgers' perspective moving forward about playing these final two games. He was asked point blank to start the press conference, are you going to play this weekend? To which he responded simply, Yes. And then the reporter went on to ask, what is the purpose? Why do you plan on playing? And this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say. This is going to set up uh, the reoccurring conversation we're probably going to have for the next two weeks in terms of should Aaron Rodgers play? Shouldn't he? And why? Here's the words of number 12. Well, I think it's a lot about uh, leadership. You know, if I want to, you know, be listened to and followed and looked up to, um, you know, how could I stand here and say that, you know, these games that don't matter uh, for playoffs, I'm gonna cash it in. I don't. That's it's. It's just not the way I lead, and, and I'm super competitive, and I want to be out there with the guys, and I look forward to being out there. Aaron Rodgers yesterday in his press conference talking about leadership, and I, Aaron Rodgers is smart. I get so sick of people saying he's brilliant. He's the smartest quarterback in the league. He's the smartest person in the room, even more so than the coaches. I I, I don't get caught up into that. I know he's an intelligent man. Most people who play the quarterback position are. But one thing that I think Aaron Rodgers understands is the optics of this entire situation. And I know the show, when it launched back in August, I can remember off the top of my head a couple of times where we have descriptively talked about optics and their importance. Number one was the Urban Meyer situation when he was caught up in that Zach Smith scandal a couple of months ago. Uh, and this is another example of how optics matter. Now, Aaron Rodgers is not dumb. I'm not going to rant at length about his intelligence because I think that's done to death. But I am going to say he understands what the perception of him and what this Packers team is right now. He understands the perception that he has underperformed, and maybe at times, maybe not to the level of like Ben Roethlisberger, but at times, maybe pushed a little bit of that blame and a little bit of that struggle on, well, I'm not on the same page with my wide receivers. Or, you know, Ty Montgomery, you just you got to kneel the ball down. Stuff like that, right? He understands that the optics of his situation currently are not great, including Winston Moss doing his media tour on uh, on FS1 and on ESPN talking about the situation in Green Bay and the other day um Leroy Butler tweeting out and say hey if you can't beat Mitch Trubisky how really how good are you uh, and Aaron Rodgers knows that he's taking a lot of criticism right now so I think this message of you know it's not how I lead I want to be out there with my teammates I want to be out there competing if I'm going to be viewed as a leader then I need to start by leading by example and that will start with playing these final 2 weeks of the season I'm not just going to cash it in because these games don't mean anything now Every word of that answer may have been lip service. And tomorrow, somebody in the front office, whether that's Mark Murphy or Brian Gutekunst or somewhere, all the way from the top, all the way to the bottom, maybe they come to Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, we're going to shut you down. We're not giving you the option. We're going to use this groin injury and this lingering knee problem and the collarbone from last year as hefty reasoning, of which it is hefty, fair reasoning to shut you down for the rest of the year, whether Aaron Rodgers likes that or not. And he may know that. He may know that. But this answer in the press conference Helps with the presentation. Helps with the optics of why Aaron Rodgers wants to play. Just get it on the record that I want to play and here's why these final two weeks. So if something comes down from the top and I do get plucked from the lineup and sat and 
as in his words, cashed in for these final two weeks, just know that this is on, <laughs> this is on the record, right? And I think Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to understand the optics of this situation because they're big. And he knows that right now that he's taken flack from a lot, a lot of players. And that's not new. It's a little bit more piled on right now from guys like Winston Moss and Leroy Butler, notably. But in the past, Greg Jennings has left the organization. I mean, he's made his hay as a broadcaster on just simply, you know, talking bad about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. That's the reason he is where he is today. Greg Jennings, listen to him talk. He's not that great of a broadcaster. He's made his hay by being the guy who's spoken out against the Green Bay Packers, for right or for wrong. He's taken flack. Donald Driver has said words, although I think they might have been misconstrued. I don't even remember what he said, but I remember that story. There have been players to come out of the Packers organization who have not spoke, spoken fondly about the leadership of Aaron Rodgers or the situation and the power structure between Mike McCarthy, who is obviously now gone, and the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I think that's all in play, and Rodgers knows all of that. So as we continue tomorrow on the Wisco Sports Show and probably into next week, although the Christmas, uh, Christmas holiday is hopefully going to be a, a nice break for all of us from the Packers' struggle, This is a conversation that's going to be continued to have, especially, let's say the Packers lose on Sunday, and let's say Aaron Rodgers takes some hits, and he's gimpy at any point, and and it's just another ugly performance, and it continues through the trend that we have seen so far this season. This is going to be a recurring theme on this show, and and I'd love to hear from you throughout next week and tomorrow as well. 608-796-2558, that is always the five-star telecom talk and text line. Uh, Come ready, and come ready to chat about Packers when we get back tomorrow as we're going to preview the Jets. Don't forget as well, if you are listening on our mobile app, and I hope that some of you are, whether you are in the listening area and you're just listening at home or, or in the car or where, where have you, you, there's an option right in the app uh, on the little sidebar to call and to text the station. So you don't have to look up the phone number. You don't have to wait for me to say it. Just go right in there in the mobile app, give it a click, and boom, you can send me a text, you can shoot me a call, and we can have a conversation that way as well. If you don't follow me on Twitter at Grant and you don't follow the station at WKTY, go ahead and do so because a lot of the content that I talk about on the air, I talk about or share or retweet at length, and at more detail on Twitter. So it's a good way to stay connected with the show and stay up to date with a lot of the things that we're talking about and a really good way to get a, a deeper understanding, like I do, because a lot of my content and a lot of my reasoning, like I said, we talked the start of the show today about talking about the Badgers' 2019 recruiting class. I'm not an insider in that locker room. Recruiting is one of the hardest things for me to follow closely. Did a lot of reading, and a lot of that came on Twitter, and a lot of that material has been retweeted or posted on Twitter by myself or by people who've been guests on the show. So go give it a follow at Keystroker Grant and at WKTY as well. When we come back tomorrow, same time, same place here on WKTY for the Wisco Sports Show, previewing the Jets game on Sunday, what it could mean, because I know the Packers are out of postseason contention. But there's still some things on the line, whether you want to talk about the rookie wide receivers, some young offensive linemen. The Packers actually uh, brought a people from the practice squad and signed a couple people. Maybe we'll get looks at them. So all of that to talk about tomorrow as we preview the New York game. Like I said, same time, same place for the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. I can't wait to talk to you all then.